Join us today for an action-packed episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, where we discuss way, 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 way too early busting values based off of 2024's ADP. You are Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, fantasy baseball fanatics, and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. As always, we're your number one source for all your fantasy baseball knowledge, and thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. I'm your host, Matthew Ane, and you can find me on Twitter at Matthew underscore Ane. And you can find us on all podcasting apps, and if you can, please leave a five-star rating and review on Apple or wherever you may listen. And if you're watching on YouTube, click the bell below. That'll subscribe you to the channel and give you an alert every time we drop a new episode. Also, please subscribe to our subtext for a more in-depth, personalized experience where we can get you, get a whole lot more out of this podcast than that we can provide in this 30-minute podcast. So with that being said, guys, I want to say, hey, this is the fun stuff. This is all the stuff I like doing besides talking rankings and talking busts talking values, talking ADP, and talking about draft season in general. And quite honestly, I got a bunch of names that you're probably going to hate me for, but also I think I'm going to make a lot of sense during this podcast too, where it is just going to be a whole lot of, of ups and downs with this. But, you know, based off of ADP, which I think is going off of like 40 drafts so far, you know, on NFBC. And if you're not familiar with NFBC, but that's pretty much like, the number one spot for big tournaments for fantasy baseball. We're all wide ranges of different competitions of Roto and so on and so forth. So, you know, guys that are getting in there are real, real fiends and really getting after it. And I, I love it. That drafts are already going on. And so far based off of this current ADP, we're going to, I'm going to give you my feelings and takes on who's been a value so far in these drafts and who's, who is bound to be a bust. And let me talk about what a bust is, right? A bust isn't always just, okay, this player is going to suck, right? It's more of a bust is based off of the draft price you pay, right? So, like, for instance, I don't know, you draft a player at, like, 14th overall, and they finish as, like, the player 65. That's clearly a bust, right? Now, there may be some reasons why that player did so, well, whether it was injury or not, but if they played a full season and you know, there was a lot of things that led up to just that player not playing bad and finishing, uh, pl- playing bad and, and finishing lower than, you know, where you drafted them and that's significant, then that would qualify them as a bust and no other reason but that. So, you know, please don't say, okay, this guy don't know what he's talking about, but I'm going based off of current draft price. So with that being said and me getting into the nitty and gritty and the explanation behind busts, I'm going to talk about values real quick, and then we're going to get into these names. A value is just based off of real simple and easy. I pretty much am shopping the clearance rack, and I found the gem. You know, like I'm hitting it, and then I found a Gucci sweater for like $12.99. That's essentially what these players are going to be for you. So based off of this ADP, these guys are absolute steals, and we need to scoop them up and gobble, gobble, gobble all the way. And hopefully they don't shoot too far up the draft, draft board after this episode. 
But now let's get into it. Let's talk about Mr. JT Rilamuto. JT, honestly, he uh, he had a disappointing season, and he was drafted pretty high last year. And I feel he's going to pretty much do exactly what he did this year. Going in his age 33 season, you know, you look at him and you're like, okay, well, he's being drafted as like the number two catcher on the season so far. And I'm just like, that's way too rich for my blood. At what? 79 over 71 overall in the top 100 for a guy that doesn't perform at, at such at, at a high level at all these categories at all categories. It just kind of makes me feel like, why is he going that high? Because you look at his overall stats on the season from last year. You're just like, okay, he was drafted at the top 50. Okay, he went down 20, 20 picks. But still, I don't even think I'm touching anybody but Aldi Rutschman in the in the top 100. And reason being is catchers generally don't contribute to your grand total stats and be an everyday contributor, an every week contributor, where they're making an impact on categories every week in and week out. And based off of Real Muto's season last year, it, it's, it was clear and, and, and apparent. Through 489 at-bats, he only had 70 runs. He had 28 doubles, 5 triples, 20 bombs, 63 ribs, 16 stolen bases. And he struck out a whole ton, 35 walks to 138 strikeouts, and a batting average of 252. Now, some of these numbers aren't atrocious, you know, but based off of the draft price that you're paying, I can get guys at, at, at around 71 that I think I would – appreciate would rather have versus JT Rilamuto plus the talent of catcher behind him is just a better value at that point so like around pick 71 right Logan Webb or JT Rilamuto I'm going Logan Webb Christian Yelich or JT Rilamuto I'm going Yelich Paul Goldschmidt I'm going Goldie Senga Josh Lowe and I'm gonna leave this next name out because we'll be talking about him in a little bit and there's so many more names that are just a little bit lower than him in this ADP where, you know, why am I drafting JT at that point when I have other guys that can contribute day in and day out and, you know, possibly win a week for me. Whereas JT Romuto, yes, the ceiling and the potential of JT is so high. Yes, because of that Phillies lineup. But is he really going to do it? Is he really the JT of old? No, I don't think so anymore. So quite honestly, I think that, you know, his draft price should come down in this and, you know, other guys should possibly rise ahead of him. And, you know, let me just get into this. Even if you still wanted to go early on pick on, on a catcher, Will Smith is 20 is about 13 picks later at pick 84. Wilson Contreras at 87. Okay. And then Yanair Diaz at 122. And Sean Murphy at 146, Perez at 147, Moreno at 151, Wilson Contreras at 154, who's probably going to be on, you know, probably should be on my values list, but he's not. But, you know, there's a lot better catchers out there than JT Rilamuto that I could get for a much better price. And I can get somebody that's going to contribute each day in and day out. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about Mr. CJ Abrams. Abrams, I'm crazy, right? I'm I, I'm not out on him whatsoever, but I'm out on the draft price right now at, at pick 39. 39. Now, Abrams, great season. Great season for a Washington Nationals player. But, I mean, I can't see him really doing, a, the, doing 
and contributing at pick 39 what other guys at pick 39 would be doing. Now, I'm going to roll up, but first let me read off his stats, and then we'll start talking about other names, right? So this year, 563 at-bats, 83 runs, 28 doubles, 6 triples, 18 bombs, 64 ribs, 47 stolen bases, and walked only 32 times, so 118 strikeouts with batting average of 245. Now, here's the thing. I think those numbers are great, but you're pretty much drafting a steel specialist. And if Lane Thomas doesn't continue what he's doing, which I don't think that's going to happen either, and an ADP is kind of reflecting that because he's outside of the top 100 right now, then I don't see C.J. Abrams contributing and getting close to that 83, 83 run marker. The ribbies clearly aren't in, in the potential. He doesn't hit that many home runs. And what, for a steel specialist? That's all you're pretty much drafting at pick 39. The batting average is at 248, and his career high is at 258. And let's look at his minor career, minor league career. In 2022, he batted 310, but that was only in, what, 186 at-bats? I mean, 171 at-bats. Like, okay, I like, I'm sorry. That's not enough proof to say that he's got batting average in his pocket. So you're really pretty much drafting him for hopefully he takes a step forward in in uh, ribbies and home runs, and you're praying his batting average comes up a little bit. But I'm not drafting a steel specialist to pick 39. You know, if he was in like the 70s or 80s, maybe I consider it. But I'm not. I'm not paying that price at 39. That's way too rich for my blood, and hence why he's in my bust category. All right. Now before I move on and I talk about a guy, unfortunately we talked about yesterday, but. If you didn't listen to yesterday's why I'm bringing him up, and you could just fast forward through it, but we got a whole bunch of names that you know of guys I may have talked about yesterday, and guys that I think are going to really shape how you look at them come draft season. Before that, I got a break for you. All right, and we're back here. And we're rocking and rolling, and I got another name for you, and that's Francisco Lindor. Like I said, we talked about him in yesterday's podcast, and, you know, please skip forward, but I got to give, you know, the take again, and I got to, you know, for everybody that's a first-time listener or who just didn't happen to get to yesterday's uh, shortstop rankings episode. So you're probably looking at me like I'm cross-eyed, and why am I talking about Francisco Lindor like this? And why could he be a bust? Well, there's two reasons. One that team looks like they're selling high and they're selling on everybody and they're shopping around Pete Alonzo. So if Francisco Lindor stays on that team and Pete Alonzo goes and they get rid of other parts on that team, who's going to be behind Francisco Lindor to drive him home or get him the ribbies because nobody can get on base. Like there's just one, you're losing that. And that, that right there, what is a product for disaster, especially at pick 23 overall. Like I can't, I can't see myself paying for a guy that a team has just kind of went off and has sold out. Now this is more of speculative. If everything stays the same, and you know, uh, Pete Alonso stays, then hey, this is great. Then you know what, this pick is probably worth it. And just forget what I'm saying here. But I don't foresee that being a thing. We shall see. Now, the other half of this argument, the other thing that I could see happening is, hey, they can't move on from from Pete Alonso, but they got a good offer on Francisco Lindor, then he gets traded. 
Now, if you're new to this podcast, you don't know about this rule, but if you are an avid listener and an everydayer, then you'll know that I have a rule that is pretty much true to almost everybody. And then every once in a while, I get an exception, and that's new year, new team. So if you join, if you get traded or you sign to a new team, you genuine, generally don't perform that next year. You have downs in certain categories that just don't naturally reflect your your normal your norm essentially right so you're not going to perform up to this high tier that you're expecting and at pick 23 with a guy going to a new team you know this is the other side of the coin and i don't know if i'm willing to draft him that high i will still draft him don't get me wrong if the if the price is right if he could fall like if lindor falls to about 60 65 70 range yo i'm so all about that like i will pick him based off of who's around in that point right like i'd pick him going to a new team than I would JT Real Muto, not to just circle around, but you know, that's where that kind of break off is. But I'm also not going to draft Lindor at 23 at that point because you know what? We forget they're human beings. They they, they have families. They gotta go buy a new house. It's stressful going to a new city. Just oh I can't even imagine. So I can't I can't you know outright just say I'm gonna draft Lindor if one of those two scenarios happen. But again if he stays still or if Pete Alonso and the rest of the team stays where they are and they decide to bring in other players, then Lindor is definitely worth pick 23. There's no doubt in my mind. But again, this is that's more of a TBD, but I wanted to throw that out there. So you're, you know, at least thinking about it and I'm putting your head early. But anyway, let's move on here. Let's talk about Nico Horner, another bust for me. And again, the same reason I'm talk I talked about CJ Abrams is essentially the same reason I'm talking about Nico Horner. Uh Nico Horner had a great season and has better batting average than than CJ Abrams. Do not get me wrong. But there is a lot more unknown about this team, in my opinion. But let me read off his stats and then I'll make my I'll make my case, right? So 619 at bats this year, 98 runs, 27 doubles, four triples, nine bombs. 68 ribs, 43 stolen bases, and batted 283. Great stats. Great stat line. But here's the thing. We don't know where Cody Bellinger is signing yet. Not to my knowledge, at least. There's still, you know, some decisions need to be made. We don't know if they're going to bring in anybody else. So, one, that the runs category right there, less people to bring him home. Yes, Cody. Uh, uh, what's his name? Suzuki is definitely somebody that can, you know, drive people home all day. That guy's a stud. But Horner, Horner still needs other dudes to do it if he strikes out. I mean, it's a game of average, and only, you only have to hit the ball 30% of the time to be good at it. So if Suzuki's having a having an off week or two or month, for that matter, then who the hell is driving home Nico Horner? And with that, with that it's just like, okay, I think the runs are going to go down if Belly doesn't come back. On top of that, they don't bring anybody else in to replace him. Boom, that production's down. Now, the other thing about this is, okay, stolen bases are up as a whole this year. And the other reason why I have Abrams on here for steals specialist is I can draft a bunch of studs that that probably in the years past outside of last year, maybe only had about seven to 10 stolen bases. Now are jumping up to 15 to 20 stolen bases in a season because of the new size of the base. So I could draft a bunch of dudes that do that and ship in the steals and get production out of those other other uh position other guys that'll equivalent equivalent to Horner 
and I'll have way better production in the runs, ribbies, and home runs categories. And it'll just be a better solution and a better growth versus just drafting literally a steel specialist and a batting average specialist. So like at the price of 67 right now in drafts, that's where I just got to say, whoa, 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 no, thank you. Like Horner down at like 90 to 100 range. Like, okay, I could possibly think about it if I didn't get any steals guys by that time. And like, I didn't get anybody that would, that is going to contribute. Nico Horner will obviously put you over the edge at that position, at that category, but you're sacrificing so much. It's not like I'm going out and drafting like a Trey Turner or Ronald Acuna, who obviously you're not going to get in this, this round where, you know, I'm going to have like a, you know, just a full stack five category stud, but I would take four over just two and maybe a three. Like that is, it, it's just too shaky and too rich of a draft price for me, for me to walk away with Nico Warner. And that's just my, my outright opinion, too high, too expensive. Okay. I, my credit card bills are not going to be that high. <laughs> but anyway, let's, let's keep it grooving and moving here. Let's talk about another guy we talked about yesterday. And that's Hase Young Kim. You know, I feel, you know, the love has gone too far here. Pick 79 in ADP right now. And yeah, I just, I, I don't buy it. And I pretty much alluded to this yesterday and, you know, it was more of Dom Dom's take, but I'm going to give my real side of this. I'm going to read his stats first, then we'll get into it, right? 538 at-bats, 84 runs, 23 doubles, 17 bombs, 60 ribs, 38 stolen bases, which is wonderful, and batting 260. Now, I look at Kim, and I'm like, okay, so is he really this good, right? Like, I don't know. He had He literally topped his career high by 26 stolen bases, like, I don't know if that's really real. Okay. I And again, the home run numbers really weren't there. The run numbers are okay. The ribbies aren't there. The batting average is so-so. It's 260. But I think he's more of like a 250 to 240 guy. 240 to 250 guy. And, you know, is Kim going to play every day? I don't know. There's a lot of questions up in the air with him, and I just don't think he's really a fantasy baseball contributor. I'm not about it. I'm not feeling it. And at pick 79, like, no, thank you. You can have him. Like, enjoy. I will skip over him every single time because Hassan Kim, as my starting starting second baseman, I'm good, bro. I'm good. You know, second baseman's in that area. Let me just like let me get let me just pull up ADP for for second base because oh man, I just this is hurting my heart here. So let's see here. Hassan Kim is the seventh base off of ADP going around that time. And I could take Bryson Stott literally 30 picks later. I could take Cattell Marte, which this one is not real, but he'll move up based off of his once nor like non-experts start going and and whatnot. And he'll probably be in the hundreds, but still he'll be much lower than than Kim or Horner at this point at the position. And he's going to 124, and I'm picking either one of those guys or Geloff. You know, like those guys, I'm totally picking over. Nolan Gorman, like those guys, I'm 100% picking over Haseon Kim. And it, no doubt in my mind that they'll do a lot better than Haseon Kim for me day in and day out, week in and week out. So you do this, you're pretty much just blowing up your team construction. And 
before I move on and we start moving into the values and the fun stuff and the more positive conversation and get off this negative, I can put away the haterade. I have one last break for you. All right, guys, let's talk about some fun stuff now. Let's talk about guys I like. And again, another repeat from yesterday. I apologize, but I need to talk about him again. I just can't let it go. And that's O'Neill Cruz. Uh, O'Neill Cruz, man, if my guy just learned how to slide, we, we're good. We're gold. And I think next year, I think he's going to learn his lesson. <laughs> Age 24, you know, absolute monster. Like, he's six foot seven, 215 pounds. Like, dude has so much, like, literally Ronald Acuna upside as well. And the comparison we were talking about yesterday was, you know, is it Ellie or O'Neill Cruz? And for me, it's O'Neill Cruz just based off of draft price, right? And, you know, at pick 78 versus, like, pick 19 is a significant difference. And O'Neill Cruz just stays healthy this year or, you know, has four or five hundred at bats, and he's gonna look his stat line is gonna look just like Ellie, if not better. So, you know, O'Neill Cruz is just that guy, and I think he's gonna be that good next year. You know, he's really showed out like what he could possibly be in 2022 in his limited limited time at 331 at bats, 45 runs, 13 doubles, four triples, 17 bombs, 54 ribs. 10 stolen bases. The batting average was lackluster at 233, but that will turn around because quite honestly, you look at his minor league career and, you know, he was batting 333, 310, 298, 286. Like the guy actually has batting average upside. And I just think he just needed to put it together in the bigs. And I think this year will be the year. I think last year would have been the year if he just learned how to slide in the home. So O'Neill Cruz is definitely the better pick just based off of value. Now, I won't blame you if you go Ellie De La Cruz because, I mean, Ellie's Ellie. He's going to be phenomenal. Literally same prototypical guy, just, you know, seven seven rounds more expensive. So it's just a matter of choice at that point. O'Neill Cruz is the better value and just a matter of picking which which player is going to better suit and who you want to build around at that point. It's going to be preference for me. I'm going to go O'Neill Cruz. I'm going to go with the value. I'm going to get a bona fide stud at the top of that draft. But anyway, let's move on. Now here's a surprising one for me. And that's Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber going at literally pick 86 going into the year. Kyle Schwarber had, uh, was, was being drafted in the top like 15. And you know what? I don't understand how he has fallen from that much to that that high of a pick to now this season not he literally did exactly what he did last year what because he did a little bit under the batting average at 197 versus 218 that's joey gallo numbers who cares he's a stud he puts the ball over the over the fence every single time going for yard season was great and he stayed healthy 585 at bats 108 runs 19 doubles a triple 47 bombs, 104 ribs. And yeah, he batted to uh batted a nice 197, but an OPS of 817. Look, you look at Schwarber and it has got to rule out batting average. Like it's going to suck. But home runs at that caliber, the guy is going to go 45 plus. The runs and ribbies at 100 and 100. Yo, how you doing? So 
I'm not saying I'm reaching for him, and I don't think his draft price is going to stay this low. I mean, we're in November, but at the same time, Kyle Schwarber will still be significantly cheaper than he was last year, and I think Kyle Schwarber is going to benefit from this, and you're going to benefit from him being a lower end. Even if his pick goes up to like 60, 65, you know, I'm picking him over Nico Horner without a doubt because that's two categories versus, you know, wildly three and three strong, like category winnings three versus one category winning and a contributor. So like Kyle Schwarber is the value and a half. If you're drafting now, you know, doing draft and holds or anything of the sort with best ball, Kyle Schwarber should 100% be on your teams, especially at this draft pick. But let's move on. Let's talk about one of my favorite young studs going into next year, and that's Josh Young. I love me some Josh Young. Okay, I can't get enough of him. Okay? This kid is going to be absolutely bananas next year. And the fact that he's going at pick 90 right now is just doing it, doing your teams a disservice. In his short rookie season, because he got injured, and I assured he still had 478 at-bats, he went off. 478 at-bats, 75 runs, 25 doubles, 23 bombs, 70 ribs, and eh, stolen base one, and batted 266. Josh Young next year is going to take a step forward that is going to be mind-blowing. I have a feeling. And, you know, excuse me if I'm a little too excited about the young dude, but I think 35 to 40 home runs is 100% in the game, in the game and in, in the realm of possibilities. I think 265 to 275 is definitely in the realm of possibilities for batting average. And with that team surrounding him, 100 runs and 100 ribs is no question with these numbers. Now, he's not going to steal your stolen bases, but he's not going to steal bases. But at, I mean, who cares? Who cares? Four category contributor all around, and he's a stud. At the at runs, ribbies, and home runs, like jo- Josh Young is going to be incredible, and with the addition of Evan Carter this year, and you know the season Seager had and Simeon had and Adolis Garcia, like all these guys in one team, and Josh Young is going to reap the benefits of these guys hitting around him because they have to pitch to him because they have to pitch to everybody else, and he has protection all throughout one through five, and it's going to be magical. Josh Young is going to be a stud and probably one of my my guys going into next year, especially if he's staying at this draft pick or a little bit higher. Honestly, I have Josh Young as a top five third baseman this year. So please keep an eye out on Josh Young, and I promise you he's going to take you to the glory, uh, take you to glory and get you that championship. Now, let's talk about my only pitcher on this list, funny enough, because I just couldn't believe it when I saw it. And that's Walker Bueller. Walker Bueller going at pick 100 is such, makes me laugh in all honesty. Makes me laugh. Walker Bueller was being drafted as like the top five pitcher before he got TJ in 2022. And we all forget what he could be. And he could be the number one pitcher in baseball. I love Walker Bueller. And at pick 100, there's no question I'm not picking him. He needs to be drafted in every single draft. If he's going anywhere after pick the first two rounds, like, I, like yo, like Walker Bueller needs to be on your team. Now, I don't know exactly where I'm ranking him yet. I don't even know if I'm drafting him in the first two rounds. Like, don't get me wrong. Let me get realistic. I haven't finished my pitching rankings. But 
you know, anything where he is your pitcher two and lower, you're pretty much going to be really happy. Now, yes, there's going to be a slow start to him because, you know, he's not, hasn't pitched last year or anything of the sort, but there's going to be a little command problem, probably with the whip, but he will eventually figure it out. And if not already figure it out, because he's now having a whole off season leading up to it. And he might just hit the ground running. There's a lot of upside to have Walker Bueller next year. And Walker Bueller could be an absolute steal in this draft. So please write his name down, pay attention to his ADP. And as this off season continues, I'm going to tell you how hot or cold I'm going to be on Walker Bueller. And most likely it's going to be piping hot. And I cannot wait to see what this kid is going to do for you in 2024. But with that being said, guys, I want to thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. Uh, please come back and check us out. Um, also, too, I forgot to tell you guys that earlier in the show, Locked On has launched its first ever national 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for 24-7 covering all your top stories from daily to local experts on Locked On Plus, our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to every to the first ever national 24-7 streaming channel. Sorry, I completely butchered that, but thank you. And look out for Dom's episode tomorrow. Have a good night, y'all.